Welcome to the Hair for Kids. Sit back and relax as we experience life with the Rebbe in 770, stories of Hasidim, and see how the Rebbe continues to find a way to connect to us and help every Yid. This episode has been sponsored in part by Sruli and Aliza Shachat and family of Los Angeles, California. In preparation to Gimel Tammuz, we present to you the first episode of Hiskashros to the Rebbe through writing, where you will hear about the importance of writing to the Rebbe, including many of the Rebbe's directives about this, along with many Hasidic Mises. And now, join us on a journey with the Gold family, Shluchim of the Rebbe. This story begins as the new school year has just started, and Rosh Hashanah is around the corner. Rabbi Gold is waiting outside the school to pick up his children at the end of the school day. Ah, there are my Kindlebach. Okay, here they come. Hello, Kindalah. Hi, Daddy. Hi, Close the doors. Hey, you all look so happy with such big smiles on your faces. Yes, Daddy, we are so happy. Or Hashem, that's good. You know, Kindalah, I can't believe that it's only been one week of school and Rosh Hashanah is already next week. Yay! So, Zalmi, tell me about your day. Baruch Hashem, it was such a busy day. There's so much to learn about the month of Tishrei, and I'm still catching up with my friends who I missed over the summer. Wonderful! I can't wait to hear from all of you, Kindlech, about your day. Okay, everyone, buckle up! Tati, can you turn on something for us to listen to? It's such a long drive till we get home. Sure, Batya. What do you want to listen to? The hair for kids, of course. The hair for kids, of course. The kids, of course. Okay, here goes. Welcome to the hair for kids. Sit back and relax as we experience life with the Rebbe in 770. Stories of Hasidim. Oh, a phone call. Hello, this is Rabbi Gold from Chabad. How can I help you? Um, hi Rabbi. My name is Mark Levine. I got your number from a friend. I really need some advice and I'm hoping you can help me. Please, Mark, how can I help you? Well, I'm not sure how to say this. Um, uh, it's like this. I live here in town with my wife, Jody, And I'm a lawyer and my wife's a nurse. We've been married for almost 10 years, and we have not been blessed with a child. We've traveled from doctor to doctor, but nothing has come from it. Please pray for us. <laughs> oi, hey. oi, Mark, I'm sorry to hear that. You know what, Mark? What, Rabbi? Why don't you and your wife come over to my house tonight at 8 o'clock? Then we can talk properly, and I have something to share with you. Are you sure, Rabbi? I know, it's almost the high holidays. I don't want to be a bother to you. Mark, it's absolutely fine. 
This is what we're here for. See you then. I'll text you my address shortly. Thank you very much. See you then. You see, Kinderlach, as the Rebbe Shluchim, we never know how and when we can help another Yid. But Tati, I don't mean to be nosy, but what can you really tell him? It's not like you're a doctor or something like that. You know, Zalmi, that is a great question and a really important one. There is something that we have in our lives as Yidden that Mark Levine and his wife Jody don't yet know about. Do you know what that is? I can think of many things, but what are you thinking of? Well, they don't yet know about the gift that our generation has, the Rebbe. And I want to share with them the power of writing to the Rebbe and opening up a way to receive brachis and miracles. So you want to teach them about writing to the Rebbe? Yes. But why can't you just write to the Rebbe for them? Why do you want them to do it themselves? That is a really big question. Let me explain. When we write to the Rebbe, we are doing more than just asking for a bracha for a specific thing in our life. By writing, we're actually connecting to the Rebbe and strengthening our iskashvus. And this is something that every single person needs to do for themselves. Ah, I get it. Part of our Vedah of Hafatis Hamidana is spreading Hasidis is also to connect people to the source of Hasidis, the Rebbe. Exactly. And this is what the Rebbe wrote in a letter to Rabbi Shleim Chaim Kesselman before the Rebbe became Rebbe about the importance of writing to the Friedeke Rebbe. Kinderlach, I just remembered something. Hold on one minute before I continue. I need to call the plumber. They're closing very soon. Hello, thanks for calling Pete's Plumbing and Leak Experts. Pete speaking. How can I help you? Hi Pete, my name is Rabbi Gold. We have a problem with our washing machine and we need someone to come over to take care of it as quickly as possible. We certainly can do that. Have we ever done work at your house? No, this will be the first time. Oh, we're glad you called. Tell me, how did you hear about us? Well, actually, a couple of neighbors suggested we call you. They said you did excellent work for them. You are highly recommended. That's really nice of them. Rabbi Gold, you won't be disappointed. See you tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Great, thank you. Okay, Kindalach, I'm back with you. I'm glad I took care of it because I don't want any of you to be wearing pajamas for the entire Shabbos. That was very nice of a neighbor to give you the number of a good plumber. Isn't that also how you found our doctor when we moved to town? Yes, that's right. Someone recommended that to us as well. Uh, what were we in the middle of talking about before I made that call? You were telling us about the letter that the Rebbe wrote to Rabbi Shlomo Chaim Kesselman. Ah, yes, yes. Oh, wow, I've just realized that this phone call is exactly the point of what that letter says. What an amazing Ashkocha Protis. What do you mean? Well, the Rebbe wrote to Rabbi Shlomo Chaim Kesselman that just like you wouldn't hesitate to recommend a good doctor to anyone who needs it, as our neighbors did, 
So too, when you see someone who is confused or needs help with a big life decision, you should tell them, Yes, Rebbe B'Yisroel, that we have a Rebbe who we should turn to for help. That is so amazing. I never knew that. The Rebbe is teaching us that we should encourage and teach everyone about asking the Rebbe for help whenever they have a problem, just like we would offer to help them in many other ways. That is exactly what the Rebbe is teaching us. The words the Rebbe uses in that letter is that this is basic menschlichkeit, avas Yisroel, and life-saving. Ah, that's why instead of you writing to the Rebbe for Mark and his wife, you want to share it with them so they can also benefit from writing and connecting to the Rebbe? Yes, you know what? Tonight, while I'm explaining that to them, I want you all to be there and listen in. Thanks, Tati. I can't wait to hear how you'll explain it to the Levines. Okay, we're home. Yay! Yay! Hi, Kinderlach. Hi, Hi, Mommy. Hi, Mommy. Kinderlach, I missed you. I can't wait to hear about your day. Come, grab a snack. I want to hear loud brachai so I can answer amen. Amen. Look at this. We started learning the Alter Rebbe's Shulchan Aruch this year for the first time. Together with my Harusa, I learned one whole section and got all the answers correct on the review quiz. It was such hard work, but it was really worth it. Wow, Zalmi, that is such an accomplishment. And you sound so proud of your Hatzlacha. Yes, Zalmi, you studied so hard for that quiz. Good on you. You know who else you need to share this good news with? Zadie? Yes, and I'm sure that will make him happy too. But it is so important that you always share your good news with the Rebbe. Hey, I never thought of that. Actually, Kinderlach, there are so many letters in which the Rebbe asks for people to write to him good news in every part of their lives. This also includes how well we are doing Begashmis, whether it is about health, Parnosa, and everything else. So for example, I should let the Rebbe know how I helped my friend during recess today and showed him extra Havas Yisrael? Yes, exactly. And when I daven with extra care to look inside my Siddur for every word. Yes, Levi. How I put more effort in my Torah learning? Yes, Mendel. And I should make sure to write a letter to the Rebbe letting him know how much Tanya Valpai learned in camp this year? Yes, Batya. And Kinderlach, those were such good examples. It's great to hear that you're all finding ways to apply this to your own lives. It is really important and gives the Rebbe lots of nachas and pleasure. But make sure to write the details and not just to write in some general information. So you mean, instead of saying, I learned a lot of Tanyabal Peh, I should be specific and say, how many lines and from which Perek? Yes, exactly. The Rebbe said many times that by writing to him Besudais Teves good news about what is going on in our lives, we fulfill the mitzvah of Avas Yisroel to the Rebbe because it brings him much joy. 
Another story. Who's ready? Me. All of us. Okay, here goes. As you all know, the Frida Kareba was released from prison on Yud Base Yud Gimel Tammuz in the year Tofresh Pei Zayin, 1927. Twenty years later, in the year Tuf Shin Zayin, 1947, the Rebbe made a campaign encouraging Hasidim from all over the world to send in letters with good wishes along with Besudas Teves in order to strengthen the Friedrich Rebbe's health. Because at that time, the Friedrich Rebbe was not very well Begashmius physically. And now, let's travel back in time to a shul in London, England, where a group of Hasidim are discussing this topic. Hasidim, at this moment the Friedeke Rebbe is not in the best of health. What can we do about it from here, England, so far away? Actually, his son-in-law, the Rebbe, has just sent a telegram to all Hasidim with a message about this exact question. And his answer is that Hasidim from around the world should write letters to the Friedeke Rebbe, sharing with him Besuchay's Teves, good news, and this will help the health of the Friedeke Rebbe. Yes, Hasidim, of course. And when he hears all the good things that the Hasidim are doing, it will bring him great joy. Yes, I'm going to write a letter tonight. Hundreds and hundreds of letters were sent in, and the Friedrich Rebbe loved each and every one of them. Thank you, Tati, for sharing all that with us. I learned so much about the importance of sharing good news with the Rebbe. Yes, that really was an interesting and important discussion. But now it's getting late, and it's time to get ready for supper. Okay, whoever has homework should do it now. And everyone else can help get the table ready for supper. Supper now, Kinderlach. While everyone's enjoying supper, I want to share a few stories of how much the Rebbe loved each and every letter he received. Kinderlach, have you ever thought of how many letters the Rebbe receives each day? One hundred? <laughs> a lot more than that. We can't know for sure, but it is a very large amount. According to a mail postal survey more than 40 years ago, the Rebbe received the second most mail in the entire state of New York. Wow, and that number only kept growing? Yes, Hannah. It is a huge amount. But think about it. Receiving that much mail is one thing. The Rebbe then personally read each one never allowing the mosquitoes, his secretaries, or anyone else to open the envelopes for him. I remember hearing that after the Rebbe's heart attack on Shmini Atzeres, Tafshin Lamed Ches 1977, the doctors wanted the Rebbe to rest and not work too hard, to read all the letters that came in, which included the hardships and difficulties that people were going through. But the Rebbe insisted on receiving each and every letter. Yes. Each letter is so precious to the Rebbe. It reminds me of what Rabbi Nissen Mendel once told over. Who is Rabbi Nissen Mendel? 
He was one of the Rebbe's secretaries. One of Reb Mendel's responsibilities was to transcribe and type the Rebbe's English letters. The Rebbe would tell him exactly what to say and he would write it down on a paper. Now let's go back in time and listen to a conversation Reb Mendel is having with other secretaries of the Rebbe. Maskirim, you know, the Rebbe sends out thousands of letters each year which basically have all the same wording. For example, letters for weddings, the birth of children, these types of letters. Yes, many, many thousands. Exactly. So I asked the Rebbe if he would allow a rubber stamp to be used for his signature. What is a rubber stamp? It's a stamp that is custom made to have someone's signature on it. This way, someone else can just stamp each letter for the Rebbe with his signature, without the Rebbe personally having to actually sign it by hand. Aha! Uh -huh. This would save a lot of the Rebbe's time! That is exactly what I thought. But when I suggested it to the Rebbe, he said, Absolutely not. Did the Rebbe give you a reason? Yes, and in truth, I should have expected that. No, Lama Heron, let's hear it. The Rebbe said to me, How can I send prayerful wishes to a person in a way that is not absolutely real? And how would anybody feel when they receive from his Rebbe good wishes in a letter that is signed with a rubber stamp? And Kinderlach, that was the end of that idea. Another time, one of the secretaries had another idea. Let's listen in. Chevre, have you heard about a new invention? No, Zog, tell us. Well, it's an electric letter opener. Instead of opening each letter by hand, this machine opens the letter for you. Ah, this could save a lot of time for the Rebbe. Each day, the rapper has to open hundreds of letters by hand. Exactly. And so I suggested to the rapper that we should get a machine to make it easier for him. Oh, and what did the rapper say? The rapper told me these words. Can an electric machine possibly feel the pain and tears that went into the writing and signing of these heartfelt letters? The Rebbe did not want anything like an electric envelope opener or a rubber stamp to get in the way of the person writing the letter and the Rebbe. Each letter, including opening it and the signature, was precious and dear to the Rebbe. This really gives me a lot to think about when I write a letter to the Rebbe. Uh-huh. Okay, Kinderlach, let's clean up. I hear that Mark Levine and his wife Jody will be here at 8 o'clock. That gives us 45 minutes to clean up and be ready. I'll go put the younger ones to bed. Okay, Kinderlach, Krishna together. The Levines have arrived. 
Zalmi, please go get the door and walk the Levines into the living room. Okay, Tati. Hello. 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 Good evening. Good evening. Um, is this the gold residence? Yes, it is. My name is Zalmi. Nice to meet you. Please follow me into the living room. Thank, Thank you. you. Ah, good evening. You must be Mark. And this is your wife? Yes, this is my wife, Jody. It's a pleasure to meet you, Jody. Rabbi, thank you so much for making the time to speak with us. My pleasure. So, please tell me what's going on. What can I do for you both? As I mentioned on the phone, we've been childless for 10 years, and the doctors are starting to give up hope. We've tried so many things. <laughs> Rabbi, please help us. We don't know what else to do. You know, Mark and Jody, I can't offer you any medical advice, but I can tell you something that I do whenever I have a challenge and difficulty in my life. But before I do that, would you mind if my older kids join the conversation? I spoke with them about this idea earlier today, and I would like them to hear this as well. Of course, of course. Kindalach, you may come and join us in the living room. Okay, Tati, okay, we're, okay, we're coming. Okay, Tati, we're coming. Kindalach, sit down. <clears throat> okay, Jody, for how many years have you been a nurse? I've been a nurse for over 12 years now. I started in an emergency room, but now I work alongside a brain surgeon in the operating room. A brain surgeon? Well, Jody, then you can help me explain this. Tell me, what is the difference between someone who comes to the hospital with a foot ache or someone that comes with a pain in the brain? Well, of course we want to heal everyone, but there is no question that a problem with the brain is much, much worse. Why is that? Well, without getting too complicated, for starters, the brain is the place from where we think and understand things. It is a very sensitive and important part of the body. Also, the brain is the part of the body that feels and controls every other limb, vein, and organ that's in our body. In truth, the foot's pain is felt most in the brain because that's where the feeling of pain comes from first. Your brain notices and identifies that pain and then sends the pain message that hurts, letting it know that it's hurt. Now, that was a very clear explanation. Thank you. Tati, why are you talking about a brain injury? What does this have to do with helping Mr. and Mrs. Levine? Ah. I'm getting to that now. Just as each person is made up of different body parts and the brain is in charge and guides them, so too all the Jewish people are like one body and each member of the Jewish nation represents another part of that body. So, some Jewish people are compared to the legs others to the arms, some to the fingers, and some to the toes, and so on? Correct, Mark. Now listen carefully. The one who is the head of the Jewish people has an extra special neshama, a soul. 
It is a central neshama from which every other neshama receives its life and chayas, just like the way the brain gives life to its body. The Hebrew word for this is Rebbe, which stands for... Oh, I know, I know. Okay, Zalmi, why don't you tell us? It's an abbreviation, a Rashi Tevis, for the three words, Rosh B'nai Yisrael, which means the head of the Jewish people. Exactly. The Jewish people's head is the Rebbe, the leader of our generation. He feels our joy and pain like the brain does, and he loves and cares for each one of us like a dear child. Whenever we have a problem, he feels it greatly, and in a way even more than we do. Rabbi, and according to that explanation, just as the brain feels the pain of even the smallest nail of a baby toe, the Rebbe feels the pain of every Jew, no matter what level they are in their observance of Judaism? Yes. And there's another point that we have to keep in mind. Because he feels our pain and is a central neshama, he's able to bless us and guide us giving us the solution and remedy to fix that pain. Which reminds me of an amazing story, but first an introduction. There was a chassid by the name of Reb Mendel Futterfass, who was a chassid of the Friedeke Rebbe, and later on, after this talkos, he was a chassid of the Rebbe. Oh, I know who that is. I've seen him in videos sitting at the children's rallies wearing his casket, a Russian leather cap on his head. Yes, that's him. He had a lot of mesiras nefesh, self-sacrifice, by putting his own life on the line to help Eden escape from Russia during the Soviet regime at a time when it was forbidden to leave Russia and was a dangerous place to live as a Jew. Let's go back in time to the Soviet Union in the middle of the 1900s, as the dreaded KGB came to arrest Remendel Futafas as he was traveling on a train. Remendel Futafas was thinking, Although I wish I could stay in Russia until the last Chosid is out, it's getting more and more dangerous to stay. Me and another few Hasidim are finally on the train and trying to escape Russia. I'm really hoping we can make it out. Okay, comrade. Let's go check out the next train compartment. Perhaps remember put the passes inside. <laughs> comrade opens the door. Ah, comrades, there's Rebendel Futterfass, together with some other Hasidim. <laughs> we got them! Yes, gentlemen, what can I do for you? You are under arrest! You're coming with us! Rebendel was arrested and interrogated. They asked him lots of questions. Let's listen in. Mendel, tell us right now how many people you helped escape. The more you tell us, the shorter your punishment will be. <laughs> Reb Mendel thought to himself, I must carefully think of my answers, so I don't add more danger to the lives of the other Hasidim and Yidim as I help them to escape. I have told you everything I know. Comrades, take him back to his jail cell. 
He will try to get the information from him again tomorrow. They are mummish to show him. Comrades, let's go! Finally, after almost six months of interrogations, he was brought to the court to decide his punishment. Silence in the court! <clears throat> Mendel Futterfoss, stand up while we read your sentence. Because you helped Jewish people escape Russia and worked to spread Judaism, then it is forbidden. You will spend the next eight years in Siberia, where you will have to work very hard. We call it hard labor. <laughs> the court is dismissed. On the 17th of year, the first day after he received this bad news, he thought about his situation and how much he missed his wife and children. Let's listen in. Oi, Eberster. I miss my family so much. I am sure they are worried about me. If only they can get some encouragement. Ah, what does Achose do when he's in a difficult situation? He writes a letter to the Rebbe. Oi, ways near. How can I write a letter here? There is no way they will let me do this. I don't have a pen or paper either. At that moment, Remendel Futterfuss remembered the last words he had heard from the Friedrich Rebbe. It was on Simchas Teira Tofresh Peiches, 1927 in Leningrad, just a few days before the Friedrich Rebbe was going to leave Russia. Remendel Futterfuss was a bocher at that time. He then thought, I can now hear the Rebbe's words loud and clear. If you think of me, I will think of you. That's it. I will think and imagine each step of writing to the Rebbe as if I'm actually doing it. And certainly the Rebbe will hear me and think of me like he promised. Standing in his jail cell, he began to think and imagine. Now I'm walking to the mikveh. Now I'm tabling in the mikveh. Now I'm taking out a pen and paper. Now I will begin thinking of the words I want to write about my wife and children. Dear Reb, I am requesting a broth of... In fact, before Reb Mendel Futterfuss was even arrested, his wife and children were able to escape out of Russia. One day, his wife receives a letter from the Friedrich Rebbe. Mommy, the mailman just delivered this letter from New York from the Rebbe. <gasps> oh, wow! This is so special! I didn't write a letter, and I'm not expecting an answer to anything. Let me open it and read it. <gasps> I, I just don't believe it. Mommy, Mommy, what's the 
don't believe it. In this letter, the Rebbe writes that he received a telegram from your father, Reb Mendel Futterfass. How could this be? If he is in Siberia, there is no way he would be allowed to send a telegram, especially not to the Friedrich Rebbe, whose name is Schneerson. That name is considered an enemy of Russia, and there is no way they would let it out. So what can it mean? It must be that he has escaped to a country outside of Russia. So what we've heard from the Russians about him being in Siberia just isn't true. Ah, oh, I feel so much better about his situation now. So Tati, even though he really was in Siberia, this letter from the Friedrich Rebbe actually helped Remendel Futterfoss's wife and kids feel hopeful and better? That's right. They were separated for 17 years, and during all that time, she didn't know exactly what that letter meant. But it kept her thinking good thoughts about his situation. Many years later, when they finally met up again, his wife showed him all the letters she had received from the Friedeke Rebbe and later on from the Rebbe. She then showed him this strange letter. Mendel, while you were in prison, we received this interesting letter from the Friedeke Rebbe. It's addressed to you and it says that the Friedeke Rebbe got your telegram. We thought you weren't in jail anymore. Did you actually send the Friedrich Rebbe a telegram from Siberia? Mm, let me think. Ah, yes. That was the time I was in my prison cell and I wrote a letter in my mind. That is amazing. The Rebbe sent you an actual letter with an answer to the letter I thought about in my head. Wow. Wow, so even though Reb Mendel Futtefass only thought about writing his letter, the Rebbe, the head of the Jewish people, understood what he was feeling and even sent him a response. Yes. Therefore, Mark and Jody, I wish to share with you the power and importance of writing a letter to the Rebbe to express your concern and troubles. By doing so, you are connecting with your own spiritual head and are creating a path for a solution and cure. Wow, Rabbi, this is such a deep and powerful idea. I certainly want to learn more about it. Yes, yes, me too. Glad to hear that. So, before we get started, let me add just one more point. You know, like we briefly mentioned before, our head feels and understands a pain somewhere in the body even more than the body part itself. A brain knows more than a toe, right? The same is true with the Rebbe. Being that he is our head, he knows and feels what we need more than we understand ourselves. Sometimes people don't even know what they need or share clearly what's on their mind in a letter that they write. Yet the Rebbe reads between the lines and into their hearts, helping them in the way they really need. In fact, the Rebbe once told a Chosid who wrote a letter on behalf of a friend that it is, quote, Better that your friend writes to me himself next time. When I read a letter, I try to read in between the lines as well. Sometimes people don't even know they have an issue or are in need of something. But the Rebbe picks up on this as well. 
Yeah, and this is what happened in the story of Remendel that you just told us earlier. Go on. The Rebbe understood the need for his wife and family to get some encouragement, and so he sent them the letter which was an answer to Reb Mendel's thoughts and requests, exactly what his family needed. Mark, that's a great point. Absolutely. Okay, who's ready for the next story? Yes, we are. We are. But before the rabbi continues with the story, here are some glasses and water. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Please help yourselves. Thank you. And now for the story. Let's travel back in time to Melbourne, Australia, where Rabbi Rafal Aaron directed a girl's seminary called Oihel Chana. There was a student there. We will call her Sara. Sara was on her way to Rabbi Rafal's house to discuss a difficulty she was having in her personal life. I, I don't know what I should do. Who is there? Rabbi Aaron, it's me, Sara. Do you have a few minutes to talk with me? Of course, of course, I have time. Come inside. Rabbi Aaron, thank you so much for your time. Sure. It sounds like something is bothering you. Why don't we go outside and talk while we enjoy the beautiful weather? After discussing her situation with the rabbi, he said, Sir, from what you are describing me, are you having some challenges in your personal life? Exactly. And I am feeling lost. Well... Why don't you write a letter to the Rebbe? He will certainly be able to help you. Um, okay, I will do that. Thank you for your advice. Later on, Sara sat down to write the letter. Let's listen in to her letter. Dear Rebbe, I'm having a very hard time. I don't know if I should stay here in Oakana. Please help me. Signed, Saraba. Wait a minute. She had such a huge problem and that's all she wrote? No details explaining her situation? Just one simple sentence? Yep. Now listen to what happened days later as the mailman arrives at the girls' seminary in Melbourne, Australia. Hello, I have an international letter for Sarah. Does anybody know who she is? Hi, I'm her friend. I'll go get her. Oh, thank you. Hi, I'm Sarah. Okay, here's your letter. Thank you so much. I wonder what this letter is about. I'll open it up. Oh, it's a response from the Rebbe. Wow, it is three pages long. Let me read it. The Rebbe is writing directly to me. The Rebbe sent her a three-page detailed response, answering all of her problems, many that she didn't mention, and gave her practical advice that would help her feel better and guide her what to do. So even though she wrote such a small and unclear note, the Rebbe, the head of Klal Yisrael, felt her problems and helped her through it. 
It's just like my head that feels the true pain and needs of every part of my body, even if I can't pinpoint it clearly. That is exactly right. You know, Tati? Yes, Hannah? I also have things that I want to ask the rabbit. Me too. Same with me. If you're comfortable sharing, can you give us some examples of what you want to ask? Oh, the bell. Kinderlach. Hold up with your examples. We just got the sign that we're at the end of the first episode and we'll continue in the second episode. Thank you for listening to The Hair for Kids. Make sure to tell your friends about us and stay tuned for another fascinating episode at thehair.org forward slash kids. Kids.